Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? Welcome. You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I am a singular host of two today. My name is Jimmy Wong. And I am your second host of two. <laughs> two, of two. two of two. Two of two. Two of two. Two two. Vanilla, one green for us together. Jimmy and DJ. Both one one humans together <laughs> with banding. <laughs> Finally, at last. Uh, banding is back, by the way. It's kind of crazy. Okay. Woo. Today we are talking about the brand new commanders from the Adventures from the Forgotten Realms commander sets. So these are different than the legendary creatures. In the main set, these are these come in the pre-cons. Uh, there are a lot of them. There's a lot of really interesting things to talk about. Uh, but before we get into it, Make sure you check out cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's our sponsor, our affiliate link. All you have to do is type that into our your, your URL, hit enter, and blammo. You're on the website. You can buy magic products, singled, sealed product, whatever you'd like, because it's the place to do it. And you're simultaneously supporting the podcast while you do so. We're going to talk about lots of new cards today. Probably you want to add some of those to your cart. Great place to do so is cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Of course, while you're there, you can also pick up some Ultra Pro product who helps sponsor this show. Uh, or you can just go to your local game store and buy Ultra Pro there as well, because look, lots of really cool sleeves, lots of really cool playmats, the art from AFR, as well as the secret layers. The only place you can get this really cool stuff is on official Ultra Pro product. So thanks to them, as always, for sponsoring the show. And finally, last week's support of the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. We shout out one lucky patron every single episode. So this week's episode is dedicated to, to Jacob, Jacob Heckman. Jacob, Heck. you rock. Man, sure no one's ever done that before. Okay, let's dive right into it. That's what deck right. are we starting off with today, DJ? Yeah, we're going to start off with Dungeons of Death. This is the Esper yes. deck, you know, yeah. so we're going to take a look at the legendary creatures from there. Uh, and sometimes, you know, the face commander is uh, part of the pre-con, so there's mm. a little bit of build around. But a lot of times the other commanders, the other legendary creatures in there can make whole decks of their own. So we're going to yeah. get into detail and talk about those decks, but let's start off with the face commander Yay. of that. It's Sephiroth of the Hidden Ways. Uh, white, blue, black for a 2-3 legendary human wizard. Whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere, venture into the dungeon. This ability triggers only once each turn. It also says that whenever uh, you complete a dungeon, return target creature card from your own graveyard to the battlefield. 
Okay, so that's a really strong reanimate effect. Going to the dungeons, there are three available dungeons. Uh, two of them have four rooms, and one of them has... Well, technically one of them, you can do it uh, three rooms, but... The other one, the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, has the most rooms, but going into the dungeon, I've learned this now by playing a lot of AFR Limited, it's actually, if you build your deck around it, you can get through the dungeons pretty quickly, and especially because Sephiroth allows you to do so on other players' turns, as long as you can get a creature into your graveyard from anywhere. Yeah, I think that this is interesting. As we're looking at all of these cards, we're seeing three different types of dungeon-like matters decks. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them are the like hyper-efficient, almost combo dungeons, where you're going through the dungeons as like a combo win or you're going through the dungeons uh, yeah. as super fast as you can. Uh, and then there's others, which is like value dungeons where you're like, okay, there's a lot of dungeon manders cards. I'm going to go through the dungeon, but it's not going to interrupt my major game plan. Uh, and then finally there's just some, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to tack on venturing to the dungeon and I might go through a single dungeon in a game. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lots of ways to enter the dungeon. Let's talk about some of those. Uh, these are new cards. Uh, the first is Radiant Solar, which is a big angel that says whenever this or another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, venture into the dungeon, which is great, which means that if you have three creatures entered, that's three times you're entering into different stages of the dungeon. That's a lot per, per turn. And it also triggers when you play this card as well. Even better, it has an ability for white. You can discard Radiant Solar, and then you venture into the dungeon and gain three life. Uh, which, by the way, works very well. Sephiroth, that's two triggers right there, getting Solar into the graveyard as well as on the actual card itself. So one of the reasons why I called out Radiant Solar in this is because uh, being able to venture into the dungeon more than once a turn is very good in venturing decks. Right. Uh, and your commander, unfortunately, just says like once a turn. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So if you have Radiant Solar, you're like, okay, I'm going to play this, play this, flicker this, blink this, you know, reanimate this, and then suddenly you're moving through the dungeon at a really good pace. Yeah, not to mention, you can do stuff like sacrifice a creature you play, and then play another one, and blam, you finished it, and then that creature you sacked can now get brought back to the battlefield. So there's a lot of value definitely packed into the Sephiroth deck. Um, there's also a card called Aserirak, <laughs> Aserirak Ace Rerak, the Archlich. Uh, which is this really interesting legendary creature for two and a black. When it enters the battlefield, if you haven't completed the Tomb of Annihilation, which is the dungeon that kind of hurts you and your opponents the most, you can actually bounce it to your hand and you venture into the dungeon. And so that's really interesting. This is a card that for three mana, you can play it and you just go into the dungeon and it goes back to your hand as long as you don't finish that Tomb of Annihilation dungeon. Yeah, you can go into like the big the big one, Tomb of the Mad Mage or whatever, yeah. and just keep going through. And if you're interested in this as a commander, go ahead and check out our other episode where we talk about the legendary creatures mm -hmm. from the normal set because this can be a combo enabler where you just venture in over and over and over again. And so this can be a powerful piece in uh, Sephiroth's deck as well. Yeah, also there's a, uh, there's a I think, a new deck in Legacy with Aluren that lets you cast creatures oh, yeah. for three for free. So you just play Asterix a thousand times, and blammo, you've just won the game because yeah. you've trained it. Yeah, Omniscience, Aluren, a Rooftop Storm because it's a zombie. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, cost reduction effects. There's tons of ways to make this thing really powerful. Yeah. One thing, though, to note is that a lot of the dungeon support pieces are really powerful. Maybe not necessarily your commander as much because it's got that once per turn clause on it. Yep. Well, I think we want to break that, right? 
Yeah, I think absolutely. One of the ways to do so, it's in the deck. It's Hama Pashar. I also played it on the uh, the Game Nights episode. It just allows you to trigger the rooms in the dungeons twice. So it's just a ton of value packed on so that. So there we go. Now now that makes the, the slow methodical movement even better because you're triggering twice. Yeah, very explosive as well. Um, and if you want to get creatures into your opponent's graveyards, one of the ways I would add a lot of cards to the deck, I would just put up a ton of cycling cards in. Uh, creatures that have plain cycling or swamp cycling or just regular cycling. It's a way to discard it at instant speed. You get the value from drawing the card from the cycle and you're going to trigger your commander nice um i think there's a particularly powerful card that i think goes really well in this deck and that's tortured existence oh it's yeah it's a black for an enchantment you can pay a black discard a creature card thumbs up thumbs up we like that return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand oh double thumbs up that means you can create a cycle a loop and over and over again and you can basically get this trigger from your commander on every single turn. So you're actually right. moving through the dungeon, not just like once on your turn. It's like, oh, it's Jimmy's turn. I'm going to do tortured existence. It's Josh's turn. I'm going to yeah. cycle something. You know, I'm going to torture existence again on Ashland's turn. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of rhythm you want to get into when you're moving through dungeons. Yeah. Uh, people definitely mentioned this a lot in our last episode as well when we talked about Sephiroth a bit more. Um, there's also cards like Sir Conrad the Grim, which is Ooh. a payoff card. This card has a lot of similar text. Whenever another creature dies or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield or a creature card leaves your graveyard, Sir Conrad deals one damage to each opponent and you can make everyone mill a card for one in the black. So obviously a lot of synergy here. This doesn't necessarily get cards into your graveyard except for the mill part. But this does give get you, you there, right? It'll get you there, but yeah. it's, it's a little expensive, right? There are ways to discard cards and get more value than just forcing that. But in a pinch, this will probably help you get there. But more importantly, this is just a way similar to an aristocrat deck to just very slowly, but methodically and efficiently kill everyone. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we can play a card like Doom Whisper. Doom Whisper. Doom. Uh, basically, it's a big flying nightmare demon but it's got an activated ability you can pay two life to surveil too mm. that is you look in the top two and you can keep them on top or you can put them into the graveyard ah, very and so nice. you can do this on everyone's turn yep and then of course cards like teferi master of time this is just a behemoth of a planeswalker because you can activate him at instant speed on other players turns and his plus one is draw a card and discard a card so yeah, the deck came with a lot of looters and you just want to like punch up your looter to be teferi so you could loot on everyone turn and move yeah, through the dungeon faster definitely and then once you get those cards into your graveyard you want more ways to reanimate them obviously because that seems like it's bright it's stable onto the commander you're probably going to build some amount of that into it so reanimation effects seem really good in this deck too uh victimize is in the deck i believe uh doomed necromancer is a um a fun card too from the commander sets where it's a creature that does it so that's yeah. kind of nice to have the creature to discard or you know have it on the battlefield to bring it back and when it sacks itself it's going to trigger your thing it's going to get a creature back so it's going to do everything you want to priest of Felrite's a very similar card i like that because it has unearth so if you pitch it earlier on you can unearth it from your graveyard to get that value yeah and if you're going to be looting a lot that's obviously great karmic guide as well this is also in the deck so you know lots of big creatures Features. I think reanimator and just that sort of effect is one of my favorite things to do in commander because you're cheating mana costs You're getting something super scary out early. You have access to so many cards Yeah, that was actually one of my my gripes about the deck as a pre-con is that it didn't really have those big creatures like, uh, I didn't have this cool payoff when I reanimated. I just got another like value creature back. You know mm -hmm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the one big creature that they included was Ashen Rider. In the oh, deck. Ashland Rider. Yes, yeah. absolutely um, I included Shieldred Whispering one as one of my like 
like big reanimator targets. Nice. If you had to put a reanimator target in, what would you put in? What would your go-to reanimator target be? The first thing I thought of, because you said Shieldred, it's a it's a Praetor. Uh, there's also Jinkataxis. But I'm not going to play that card because I'm not that mean. But I'm still pretty mean, so I would do Elish Norn instead. Do you know why that's actually quite good? Is because you have a lot of dinky creatures too in this deck, you know? Right. Because you have the things where it's like, oh, I'm just going to cycle this, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. Uh, so Elish Norn pumping up your whole team we can make them all a little bit more relevant. Yeah, your Priest of Fellwright's a 2-2, two -two, your Doom Necromancer is a 2-2. Two -two. Those creatures are now 4-4s, four and you're yeah, probably killing half the things around the board, too, because of the minus two, yeah. minus two. Yeah, pretty yeah. nice. What, uh, what would you put in? Uh, well, besides Shieldraid, I think, like, a recent printing, I, I really like Archon of Cruelty and, like, seeing what that uh, thing is doing. Yeah, it's from Modern for Horizons sure. 2. And when it enters the battlefield or attacks, target opponent sacrifices a creature or Planeswalker, discards a card, and loses three life, and you get a draw card and gain three life. So, I, the the let's not lie, right? the three life that you're draining and the three life you're gaining there, that's big. That's going to make a big difference over the course of the game, especially if you're going to sort of like throw it back out and just do it over and over again. Yeah, it gets dead, but then you bring it back again. It has a trigger. Yeah. They leave it on the battlefield. It still attacks and gets a trigger. I like that. Yep, yep. Okay, so that's going to do it for Sephiroth. I actually kind of want to build this deck now. I played it on game nights, and after playing enough AFR Limited, I really like the dungeon mechanics, and I think there's a lot of cool ways to sort of do the dungeons a bunch, and the incidental value you get, it's no joke. Yeah, I think that, uh, and I played it as well on extra turns, Yeah. and so I really liked it too, but I want to just like explore all the cards. Like I want to tune it up, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, hopefully we get some more returning to the Forgotten Realms in the future. Yeah, get so another that we dungeon, get maybe? More dungeons, mm -hmm. yeah. There's so many. This The, the, the lore of d d is is vast. Okay, next up we have the other sort of uh, shiny face card in the deck. It's Nihilor. This is two white, blue, and a black for a 3-5 legendary creature horror. When Nihilor enters the battlefield, for each opponent, tap up to one untapped creature you control. When you do, gain control of target creature that player controls with power less than or equal to the tapped creature's power for as long as you control Nihilor. And whenever you attack with a creature that an opponent owns, you gain two life and that player loses two life. So this goes in the battlefield. You can tap Nihilor itself to do this, but you gain control of a creature with power less than or equal to the tapped creature. And then as long as Nihilor is around, you have that you have control of that creature. So on the plus side, you do get to steal more creatures than the average like spell that this costs. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of times you play a four drop or five drop you steal one creature or one thing sort of temptation you know, or yeah stuff like that so this could steal three things but it's got that big downside of needing like high powered creatures oh yeah otherwise you can't take everything now now nihilor itself with three power can probably take a lot of the utility stuff around the table but if someone plays an Elish Norn. Know, like an angel or something an like that. An angel, yeah. yeah oh my gosh, thing. an Elish Norn would be horrible. Horrible, yeah, because it, it makes your creature smaller. Stuff. Yeah, so that's the worst card against this deck. Um, but you see, but you, like, we get it now, right? Like, mm -hmm. if you, if I play my Archon of Cruelty, like, you need to have a six drop or a six, six power, power creature. Thing, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you're not just getting exactly what you want all the time. And if Nihilor dies, that creature goes back and all your hard work is undone. And you do have to tap a creature to do so, so you leave yourself slightly more open. Now you can block with the creature you just took, but you're going to draw a little bit of ire once you start stealing other people's stuff. So how do you steal things and keep them around? Because that seems like where I want to be. Yeah. So we get a lot of inspiration from Mariaki Rebreed, uh, which is an, another Esper stealing creatures style deck. And so there is a lot of um, precedence when mm -hmm. it comes to this stealing stuff. It's an art form. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, some of the things that you can do is that you can, uh, we could blink Nihilor. Right. So that we can steal new things, you know, that would be pretty good. But also we can steal something and then with certain uh, blink effects, we can blink the thing that we stole and it'll leave and come back 
under our control. Right. But it takes a certain type of card for, to be able to do that. Yeah, so, so you're for looking example, for that text specifically, return this creature onto the battlefield under your control, not owner's control. Yeah, so, so why don't you give us control. an example of that one? So Dead Eye Navigator, well, I'll just list them all off here. Sure. Our bunch. Dead Eye Navigator, Thassa's Deep Dwelling, Ghostly Flicker, Conjurer's Closet, uh, Nightmare Shepherd, and those are all ways to get cards under your control. A card that doesn't do this is Teleportation Circle, which is a newer card uh, from AFR, because it says at the beginning of your end step, exile up to one target artifact or creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Mm. So Teleportation Circle is still great in those blink decks, but it's not as good here with Nihilor, because uh, it can really only target Nihilor with this and, and get that back. So you want to look for that text under your control. Marchesa decks know this feeling quite well as well. Yeah, so I think that, that the stealing whole aspect is a little bit clunky, but it's got that other text, you know, the draining aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could be an area that this distinguishes itself from other cards yeah that means you're going to want to steal more things from your opponents then yeah. right so what are some ways to do that this next card i i wish i saw more get played more because i really like it i love this card ape snake it's <laughs> thieving amalgam amalgam five black black for six seven the beginning of each opponent's upkeep you manifest the top card of that player's library Oof. yeah so you put it onto your side of the battlefield face down it's a two two uh whenever a creature you control but don't own dies its owner loses two life and you gain two life wow so really similar text to nihilor there yeah so you're attacking you're attacking with creatures that you don't own so you're getting the nihilor triggers and then if they happen to die then you get the thieving amalgam triggers and actually you just amass a huge army of creatures with just these two cards put together yeah because notably the rules here are a little weird but it's because your opponent owns the card and it's a creature it becomes a creature that they own because it's tied to the card i believe i'm not a judge but that's how it works. <laughs> um, Agent of Treachery is also an incredible card that oh, rewards yeah. you for having cards that you're creating. Well, because we're going to steal. We're going to get that other, the elusive other trigger. Yeah, because remember, like three cards. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like we just we play it because we like stealing stuff, but yeah. then we're going to draw the three cards. Yeah, not to mention, you know, if you're going to play any of that reanimation package here, like we talked about with Sephiroth, you have ways of getting this on the battlefield for cheap because it's a seven mana card. Otherwise, uh, simple goes for bribery. I love this card quite a bit. Um, what's your favorite stealing effect, DJ? Hmm. If you had to choose. We know I like Hostage Taker, but do you know what? I think that for style points, I'm going to go with Empress Galena. Style points, more like salty points. That <laughs> card is so powerful. It's so good. I you love it. You just activate it and you steal a legendary creature. So everyone's looking in their command zone being like, mm, maybe I don't play uh, that. Maybe I don't play this. It's so, it's so much fun. Yeah. I what really, uh, I really like this card. It's one of my pet cards. It's Thalakos Deceiver. Huh. It's a 1-1 that costs 3 in the blue with shadow, so it can only be can only block or be blocked by creatures with shadow, which typically means literally nothing on the board. And whenever Thalco's De- De- Deceiver attacks and isn't blocked, you may sacrifice it if you do gain control of target creature. So you just Whoa, gain control of okay. it. Um, it's great in Marchesa because you get a plus one plus one counter on it. It comes back to the battlefield. Also great in decks like this that, you know, gives you ways to reanimate or bring it back to the battlefield with your Love victimizes. it. Love that tech. Yeah, very interesting. And then there's also Memnark if you're in mono blue and can generate a Well, you called my pick salty and you're over here yeah, touting Memnark? Yeah, oh what can I say? Gosh. I am a hypocrite. <laughs> So that's Nihilor in a nutshell. Uh, again, I think the the whole power thing is going to be the toughest thing to get around. No, you right. want big creatures to tap down, but you also don't want to tap down your big creatures. So it's not... Nihilor might be a better fit into a Send Triplets type deck um, or even a Marieki deck, but it's a little hard, I think, to build this one on your own. Yeah, for sure. All right. 
Next up, we have a mono blue legendary creature. It's Min Wily Illusionist. Min is one blue blue for a 1-3 legendary gnome wizard. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a 1-1 blue illusion creature token with this creature gets plus 1 plus 0 for each other illusion you control. Mm. Whenever an illusion you control dies, you may put a permanent card with mana value less than or equal to that creature's power from your hand onto the battlefield. Oh, now we're talking because the power gets buffed by the number of illusions there are. So this does a lot. And actually, if you're interested in seeing an entire deck tech on this, uh, head on over to the Jumbo Commander YouTube channel where I uh, talk about the entire deck from beginning to end. But let me give you a taste of it right now. Okay, so illusions. Are there a lot of illusions? Are there good illusions that we can be playing? There are surprisingly good illusions. Nice. You can imagine. Uh, So one thing about illusions, though, is that they are vulnerable in many situations. Like you think about the the typical text on them, right? Exactly. When you target them, you have to sacrifice it. Uh, But the trade-off is that they usually are pretty buff in terms of power and toughness, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, So basically that works in your favor in this situation too, because if you have a, you know, this is not like the pinnacle of illusions, but a phantasmal dreadmaw. Oh yeah. A four mana six, six, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, And it just happens to die. You get to drop a six drop or less like onto the battlefield. Right. Do you know what I mean? So this pressures life totals. It buffs all your other illusions. It's a pretty interesting effect. Are you looking to play big illusions as well as big creatures? Because you know that a Phantasmal Dreadmaw or a Toothy imaginary friend. Oh man, Toothy is going to go crazy in this deck. I mean, let's just read Toothy and let's imagine how it fits into this deck. Okay, so Toothy is three in the blue. It pairs with Pure Imaginary Rascal, but we won't talk about Pure. Whenever you draw a card, put a plus one, plus one counter on Toothy imaginary friend. Whenever Toothy leaves the battlefield, draw a card for each plus one, plus one counter on it. So that works works really well with min because you want to draw a bunch of cards right yeah and actually the deck is going to be built around drawing two cards a turn even mm-hmm. on your opponent's turn and so toothy's going to get huge if toothy right. ever dies you're going to be able to put something on the battlefield and draw a huge amount of cards so toothy's great it enables it your strategy everything else too all your other right. illusions you're pumping as well wow that's great so toothy's like one of those perfect fit cards in decks where it, it satisfies all the different parts of what Min's trying to do because you need to have card draw in order to get the things to dump onto the table when your illusions die. Yeah, and uh, you can support your illusions. There's a very famous illusion lord. Uh, what is it? It's uh, Lord of the Unreal. Yeah, it's blue, blue for a creature wizard. It's a two-two, and illusions you control get plus one, plus one, and have hexproof. Nice, pretty good. Hexproof all your illusions. Yeah. Uh, but look, you're probably going to build your deck so that you have a lot of card draw, a mm-hmm. lot of different ways to draw cards, not just on my turn, but your turn. And so hopefully you're going to get your commander out, and you're going to start creating these illusions. And if you have, you know, three illusions, they they're suddenly like four ones. Right. Like that gets, they get exponentially bigger when it comes to damage. You know, you draw two more cards and then suddenly there, you have the five ones, like mm-hmm. six ones, seven ones. Like these things can get huge and smash in. Yeah. You know, that's actually really great. Um, so drawing two cards is really important in this deck, obviously. Um, Reconnaissance Mission is an enchantment for two blue, blue. Basic text, whenever creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. So when you're swinging in with like three eight ones, uh, I don't think, or I don't know, five, six, seven eight ones <laughs> or whatever, people probably don't want to be able to block all of them. Even if it's like four four ones, you know, there's going to be a good chance that one of them gets through. You can draw a card, um, trade a bunch, and then that just sort of keeps your train going, makes more illusions, refills your board. You're okay trading off creatures. Yeah. And you can cycle this card for two mana. So on your turn, you also can, if you can't play it, just cycle it and you get that second card. Exactly. Draw. Or that. on an opponent's turn, when you're trying to get two cards, but you're like, I only got one. I'm right. just going to cycle it and be able to get that trigger. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Distant Melody is another one. Uh, this is one of the big card draw effects, but basically it's... Uh, three in a blue? Yeah, three in a blue. Choose a creature type, draw a card for each permanent you control of that type. You're <laughs> an illusion deck. So you just like name illusion, you draw three or four cards, illusion. and then you make an illusion, and you're fine. Yeah. Um, Kindred Discovery. This is a bit more expensive, but it's very similar. Uh, whenever you, when it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. Obviously, you're going to choose humans. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and then whenever a creature you control of the chosen type enters the battlefield or attacks, draw a card. So, wow. You're drawing a card. You're making an illusion. You're drawing another card. I like how you can... <laughs> like, it's really cool because you can draw cards on an opponent's turn to create an illusion, and then that comes into the battlefield and then draws you another card. Mm -hmm. Like, so it just can, like, feed itself. Uh, and remember, you're we're talking about all these cards that you draw, but if they ever answer your board, if they ever uh, start blocking your illusions or doing stuff to them, you just start unloading these cards on the battlefield. You just drop permanent. Yeah, man, it makes it so tough for them to block if they're like, you could drop a Jin Kataxias <laughs> with how big that illusion is. Heck, yeah. And because Min gives plus one, plus zero for each illusion, that means they're their toughness stays at one so you're gonna want to skull clamp them that's right skull clamp skull clamp them up draw two cards yeah. create another one now it's just you, free. Can, you can't do this to all the illusions like <laughs> your, your colossal dread maw will get sacrificed the moment you target it with your skull clamp but the illusions that min creates don't have that very typical text that's true just kind of cool but i mean if you want to cheat something big into play you equip the skull clamp you don't draw two cards but it still dies and yeah. then you get to drop a six drop yep that's pretty crazy too. There are also, so we talked about some ways to get it on opponent's turn, like Consecrated Sphinx, you know? Oh, yeah. You draw a card, I'll draw two, I get my trigger. You know, another one would be something like uh, Frantic Search. Right. You know, three mana, draw speed. two, discard two, and tap up the two lands. Three lands, pretty good card there. I love that. Brainstorm as well on someone else's turn. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's um, drawing two cards. And then Archmage's Charm is a newer one. And you can just blue, blue, blue to have target player draw two cards. Yeah. But then it also has that other ability of like, oh, I steal your soul ring. Steal or, a mana value, one or I less, know, right? land. Yeah. Or <laughs> counter your spell. Take or, your exploration. Yeah. So many things you can take with our That card uh, is, I think, underplayed. I think it's great. Notably, because it's a mono blue deck, you can just play cards that say blue, blue, blue on them without blinking an eye. I know, right? It's great. Um, and then I guess you need some win conditions. Obviously, if someone can chump block all day, it's not good for you, even if you're dumping bigger and bigger things on the table. But Tetsuko Umazawa, Fugitive, creatures you can control of power or toughness one or less can't be blocked oh your illusions are all toughness of one they're x1 yeah. so you just make them all unblockable out of nowhere yep um i also like a perplexing test uh basically it's a bounce spell three blue blue for an instant choose one return all creature tokens to their owner's hand or return all non-token creatures to their owner's hands oh that's gonna wipe the board a lot of the time except for your little high-powered illusion so you also, can swing in for damage that's an instant that's instant. Wow, that's pretty good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start studying. <laughs> uh, there's also wonder, giving everything flying. Um, and look, if you're gonna cheat anything into play, that means you can play cards that have suspend on them and other things that yeah. you wouldn't be playing otherwise, right? Uh, but you know what I think that one of the defaults are that really makes this card great is just lands. You're like. Oh, like I just have two illusions on the battlefield. Fine. Right. Ramp, ramp, two lands. Blue mana ramp, everybody. We did it. <laughs> uh, so I think that Min is really fun. And if you're interested in a more fleshed out deck, go ahead on over to the Jumbo Commander YouTube channel and do it, check it out. Do it, do it, do it. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for the Dungeons of Death deck. Pretty fun stuff overall. Yeah. Min seems like a really cool sort of mono blue build um, and probably fits into some other decks as well. All right, let's move on to the Aura of Courage deck. This is the deck that Josh played on Game Nights, and it's featuring number one, Galea, Kindler of Hope. By the way, we did deck techs uh, and sort of deck upgrade videos for all these decks, so if you want to go deeper on the face cards like Galea or Sephiroth, those are the videos to go to. Galea, Kindler of Hope, this is also a preview card. One green, blue, and a white. 
So that's Bant Colors for a 4-4 Elf Knight. With Vigilance, you may look at the top card of your library at any time, and you may cast Aura or Equipment and Equipment Spells from the top of your library. When you cast an Equipment Spell this way, it gains when this equipment enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. All right. So playing cards off the top of your library is card draw. Yep. You know, because it's entering the battlefield and you get to then draw a brand new card off there. And equipping for free is cheating a mana costs. So that's pretty powerful. And so we want to build our deck around those two things, because if you just got a bunch of creatures and instants in your deck, well, you're not, you're not cheating card draw or, you know, mana cost. Yeah, exactly. So you want a lot of equipment and auras. So we're not, we're, we're not like, we're not telling you guys something crazy out here. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. pick the best ores and equipments that go in your deck. And so I think that the best equipment to put in are ones that are low to cast and have high equip costs because then you're cheating the most mana. Yep. And two of those are Colossus Hammer and Commander's Plate. Both those are one drops with, I think, Colossus Hammer's eight equip costs and Commander's Plate is equipped five unless yeah. it's on your commander, which is three. So just blam, throwing that in there and casting it off the top of your library very powerful and skipping that equip cost is typically that's one of the things that really puts equipment decks back is having to waste a half your mana just equipping things and then having the chance of getting blown out by a removal spell afterwards yeah, for sure uh two cards that have um still high casting costs but also high equip costs are argentum armor and cauldra complete yes cauldra uh, complete what a great card i know right just imagine equipping that to something on the battlefield it's just gonna be so beefy yeah very beefy and if you just play it by itself too it comes it with a little germ uh there's a new card called belt of giant strength it's one in the green and it gives in the creature toughness 10 10 but the equip cost is uh 10 and it costs less for the power of the, the thing you're equipping it to so even later in the game if this is just in your hand you play it for two mana let's say you have a, a galea with like five equipment on it it is like an, a 12 4 or whatever you can just equip it for free yeah but then it's it's not really buffing it. You have to buff it in other ways to be able to save that mana. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not the most efficient of pieces of equipment. But anything that says plus two, plus two, now that has a base power of 10, 10, and all those things are going to add to it. Plus one, plus one counter is going to work even better. Exactly. Like we like we like it on hydras and stuff like that. Zero yep. zeros that have a 10 plus one, plus one counters. So yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so if we are playing off the top of our deck, then top deck manipulation gets even better. So fetch lands. Hey, this is something bad on top of my deck. I'm going to crack a fetch land, shuffle things up. Oh, now there's an aura that I can cast. Yep. Sweet. Even evolving wilds, right? Terramorphic expanse. These are cards I think you would play in this deck, even though they're not, you know, the, the original fetch lands. But on a budget, definitely this is one of those fun decks I think you can build. Yeah. Uh, Sensei's Divining Top helps sh- shuffle things around. Um, Oracle. Oracle of Moldiah. Yeah, like get the land off the top so that you can go one deeper, then get the ore off the top. One like deeper. That. Sylvan Library, Brainstorm, Brainstone, lots of different things you can do there. Good stuff. Uh, and then you want some redundancy for the equipping part of this thing, because if Galea is not out and you all of a sudden you're stuck with a 10 equip cost thing on the battlefield, that doesn't feel good. So you have cards like Halvar, God of Battle, which is from Kaldheim, and on the front side has a very important line of text. At the beginning of combat, you may attach target aura or equipment attached to a creature you control to target creature you control. So this can switch stuff around on the battlefield and skip that equip cost and also make blocking really tough for your opponents, I think. Yeah, when uh, Craig was doing the upgrade video for this, he knows noticed that there was a kind of a lower creature count mm-hmm. than he would have liked and he felt like there that some of the equipment were really clunky to get on other creatures right and so he wanted ways to have creatures to be able to get those equipment and be able to connect them a little bit better mm-hmm. you know um so uh he put in like armored sky hunter 
Reaper. Yep, very similar to what Galea does. It's a four-mana flyer. When it enters the battlefield, you look at the top six, and then you put an aura or an equipment on the battlefield, and then you immediately attach it to a creature you control. So very similar to what Galea does. Perfect, like card draw, re-equipping. It's yeah. redundancy that we need. Uh, Arden, Intrepid, Archaeologist, has you moving around equipment. So again, you're cheating that equip cost. It's something that your commander is already doing, but this you know, lets you do it in a different way. Yep. Um, Sigarda's Aid, you know, if you end up with a Colossus Hammer in your hand, you know, you could wait until you have a Brainstorm and put it back on top, or you just cast it with Sigarda's Aid and it'll just immediately equip to where you want it to yeah. go. Yeah, Sigarda's Aid is just the go-to. It's a white mana for an amazing enchantment, and it just helps you cheat all of those equip costs. And you can cast them, auras and equipments, as though they had flash. So that means that you can pass the turn with all your mana up, Galea, looking at the top card of your library, and now you have an extra card in your hand, and you can just really get people out of nowhere. Right, so, so this is essentially a Voltron strategy. Uh, so there are some cards that are really good in just Voltron strategies in general. Um, what are a couple that work really well? <laughs> Slash the ranks. It's a three white, white board wipe, destroy all creatures and planeswalkers except for commanders. So if your commander has 15 things on it and you want to wipe the board, this is a pretty good place to start. Uh, also things like winds of abandon. Uh, this is just a simple removal spell, but you can overload it, uh, and just exile everyone else's creatures. Yes. They get to go search for basic lands, but really you've cleared the way for your commander to start smashing in. Yeah. At really high powered tables too. winds of abandon. When it gets overloaded, people won't be able to fetch out more than like three to four basics and wiping the entire board and maybe being able to swing in with your Voltron commander and just take a player out right then and there is definitely worth it. Yeah. That's what you want. This sort of interruption so you can take a player out. Yep. And then winds of wrath is similar. It's three white, white destroy all creatures that aren't enchanted and they can't be regenerated. So again, that's something that you'd want to do because Galea is probably going to be wearing an aura on it at some point. For sure. So, I mean, speaking of them, you know, we want some auras uh, to play off the top as well. So far, we've kind of focused a little bit on equipment, but yep. this does synergize with both of them. It's an interesting thing that Wizards is doing to sort of say, hey, aura of an equipment, they can play together, you know, because yep. usually before you wanted to just do all auras or just do all equipment. Yep. So it's nice and interesting to see how they kind of overlap a little bit. But there's some great auras out there that uh, help you cantrip when you play them off the top. Oh, okay. um, like Unquestioned Authority, I think is one of the best ones. Yep. It draws you a card for two and a white and it also enchant auras to give that creature protection from creatures which is again don't don't underwrite protection from this lets it attack into almost everything yeah like they just can't block like they, there's no more blocking involved mm-hmm. just be, is able to get that damage through but the thing is that that added benefit is like the cantripping you know yeah, what i mean yeah, just yeah, being yeah. able to play it off the top and be able to draw yep uh Kenris transformation is a removal spell but it's an aura so you can play it off the top and it draws you a card yep love that one a bunch rune of might is also a cantrip it draws you a card and then it gives the creature plus one plus one and very importantly trample mm. Ooh, very very good trample when you have a big creature and they can block if you don't have your sort of protection froms or whatever to get across is definitely a way to end the game there I think that uh, aura, so we have some aura-based card draw. I think some aura-based ramp would be good. Things like Utopia Sprawl, oh, Fertile nice. Ground, Wild Growth. Yep. You know, all of those things. You you put them on a land, they tap for more. You know, land destruction isn't seen a lot in our mm-hmm. format. So I think that these enchantments on lands are pretty safe. Yeah, I really like this addition here because let's say you're only going with the equipment strategy. You're what, putting up between nine to 12 equipment in your deck maybe and the chances of that being on the top of your deck aren't that high but if you can really load your deck up with auras like these enchant lands then that means that you have a much higher chance of playing galea looking at the top card and being able to play that card and really get the advantage to its full maximum yeah i mean you can have tons of different auras serving different purposes in your deck like your removal can suddenly be auras as well 
Yeah, Imprisoned in the Moon uh, is an aura enchantment aura that turns a creature into the moon. Just kidding. It, t- it turns him into a colorless land. Corrupted Conscience is an amazing cr- card that gives the creature infect that you steal. Guess where that w- the suggestion came from. Oh, Craig yeah, Blanchett, anybody? That. Yeah. And then Song of the Dryads, uh, it's an enchanted uh, enchantment aura that turns a, a permanent into a land. A you know, sometimes these, these auras, like you feel like, oh, they're they're lesser, like they're pacifism. They're yeah, not yeah. as good as, as the other ones. But a lot of times these Song of the Dryads and Imprisoned in the moon they're pretty premium pieces of removal so i'm pretty happy to have them in my deck yeah me too okay that's going to wrap it up for galea a lot to talk about there a great card let's move on to the next card this is storvald frost giant jarl storvald is four green white blue so that's seven mana for a seven seven giant it has ward does it have ward seven no ward three three yeah yeah yeah. why doesn't it have ward seven you're telling don't ask me ward three other creatures you control have ward three whenever storvald enters the battlefield or attacks choose one or both target creature has base power and toughness seven seven until end of turn target creature has base power and toughness one one until end of turn okay uh this is just not great i'm gonna put it out there right now it's very (laughs) hard to build around because it's a seven mana card and I will not lie. Ward three. This is efficient. I like this a lot because it turns the sword to plowshares into a four mana removal spell. But that's spell. still totally reasonable. I wish it was <laughs> ward seven. Wouldn't it be better if it was ward seven? True. But typically the, the thing that hurts was someone paths something, plays two more cards that yeah, turn. You're... Right. So at the very least that will slow people down. But this costs seven mana. So you really only have, if you're playing this in a, the 99, you got room for maybe two, three of these before you start overloading that slot. Um, but you're going to want to, I guess we won't spend too much time on this one. I think it's a really tough card to build around, but there are some interesting things you can do with the extra pump. And specifically it's a temporary power buff has to be when it enters the battlefield or attacks. So basically think about all the creatures that would be great to make into seven sevens. So there are some creatures out there that lend their power to others, Mm -hmm. you know? So basically they kind of, they kind of share that power. So a card like a wild beast master, when it attacks each other creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is wild beast master's power. So you're swinging with Storvald and wild beast master, the trigger goes on the stack. You turn it into a seven, seven, and then the wild beast master trigger goes off and every creature gets plus X plus X. Dun, dun, Done. Dun, dun, dun. Next up, we got uh, Tanazir Quandrix. Yes, this one's a little tougher. It's three green blue for a four four flying trample. When it enters the battlefield, double the number of plus one plus one counters on target creature you control. And whenever this creature attacks, you may have the base power and toughness of other creatures you control become equal to Tanazir's Quandrix. Tanazir Quandrix is power and toughness. So you can make this into a seven seven, and then everything becomes a seven seven. Uh, Sir Farron is very similar to Wild Beastmaster, where it just gives that buff. But it just gives it to one other creature. Yeah, one other creature, yeah. not all of them. Of course, there's a lot of different things where having really big power is good. So a card like Greater Good. Oh, yeah. You turn your disposable little elf into a 7-7. Seven, seven, you attack with it. It gets in some damage. And then you sacrifice it to Greater Good to draw 7, discard 3. Yeah, that's pretty broken. Marwin the Nurturer also adds taps to add amount of green equal to its power. Uh, similarly, a Devoted Druid. Uh, you ah. can Yeah, you can turn it into a 7-7. Seven, seven, and then you tap it for mana and then you can put a minus one minus one counter on it to untap so now wow. it's got a one-time use of like creating a bunch of mana yeah you'd probably do this on the turn you play star vault so you're not uh, stuck to playing instant speed during combat when the trigger would go off again yeah keep in mind you can also blink star vault as well so there's a lot of things to do there and then cards like Silvala, heart of the wilds uh, you can also add mana in any combination of colors where x is the greatest power among creatures you control so it's a great way to play these cards out play star vault then tap this creature to re-add that mana and just sort of keep the engine going because having a seven mana commander you don't want that to be the only thing you do when you play it that turn for sure you know another uh 
thing that likes having their base power and toughness boosted is the same with the belt of giant strength and that's like hydras zero zeros with that uh, many yeah. plus one plus one counters on it so if we have something like i included lifeblood hydra mm -hmm. uh, because lifeblood hydra also has a trigger based on its power when it dies right you gain life equal and draw cards equal to its power and it comes in with x plus one plus one counters let's say this is a three three boom becomes a ten ten you sack it to a greater good you oh draw my gosh 20, 20 discard cards three? discard three <laughs> pretty good that's pretty awesome um, man you make me excited about that Jimmy <laughs> yeah right uh, don't get too excited it's a 7 drop commander uh, you're in green though you can, so you can probably get there a little more efficiently uh, there's also Hero's Bane which for 2 green green you can double uh, you put X plus and plus and counters on it where X is its power so if it comes in with 4 plus and plus and counters you make it into an 11-11 for 4 mana it turns into uh, another 11 counter so it comes to returns eventually to a 15-15 that's pretty powerful yeah, for sure. Um, and then there's just stuff like Scourge of Skull of Veil, and this again, it's a, a Hydra deck. Maybe Sorval could be an interesting Hydra commander. Maybe I it could. See that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can tack to sack another creature, and you put plus one plus one counters on Scourge equal to the sacrifice creature's toughness. So you can turn that crappy one one that's now a seven seven for one tap and yeah. sack and blam. and then you put it on this thing, so it gets even bigger, and then you can turn it into a seven seven with that many plus one plus one counters. So it gets pretty big. Yep. Um, I really like this next edition here. So things that are that can definitely be abused that, that have a low power because that's how they try to balance it. So we got a card like Cold-Eyed Selkie. You draw cards equal to the damage it dealt. And so if it's a 7-7, seven, seven, you're going to draw seven cards. Yeah, it has Island Walk too. So this is probably getting it's in. It's probably month. getting yeah. in, right? Cephalid Constable, this card is just mean. These are cards <laughs> that, by the way, are all played in Rafik, which is also a banned commander. Um, and that wants to get in a lot of damage and cheat creatures in there. So Cephalid Constable, when it deals combat damage, you return up to that many permanents that player controls to their hands. So oh, it's I a 1-1. One, but I would, yeah, seven. I think seven's pretty good there. <laughs> uh, a card like a Dream Stealer, uh, it's got uh, Menace, so it's probably going to get in. But when it deals combat damage to a player, that player discards that many cards. Yeah, that's just like discards seven. Discard pretty mean, <laughs> yeah. And then there's a new card called Wand of Orcus. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create that many two-two black zombie creature tokens untapped. Ooh, so that, that could get I for choose a seven lot. Of them. Yeah, I choose seven as well. All right. Um, and then of course, I don't know. I guess Craig was around when he talked about this because there's a whole infect category uh, and, there uh, is there is so blighted agent you know look it's got infect it's got unblockable you can turn it into a seven seven two hits people are dead yeah and a lot of times with the infect decks too you have to artificially buff the the power and toughness with pump spells and that's a lot uh, of cards to use for that so having Storvald be your main big guy uh it's gonna be tough because typically infect wants to end the game early and yeah, Storvald takes right. a while to cast but this is a way to get the final points of damage in and out of nowhere too with like a blink moth nexus or sorry ink moth nexus or a plague mirror and just well, any cards that have infect that are cheap yeah well maybe i mean you could just include an ink moth nexus in this deck and be like well maybe i'll kill someone with infect but you're not not your main game plan right right um there's also some creative ways to use Storvald. a card like will breaker uh whenever a creature uh Whenever a creature an opponent controls becomes a target of a spell or ability, you gain control of that creature for as long as you control Willbender. I'm actually going to turn your Elish Norn into a 7-7. Seven, seven, Why? And your... Take it. <laughs> no! And your Jinkataxis into a 1-1. One, one. I will take both of them. Thank you. Funnily enough, Willbreaker is a 2-3, so it survives Elish Norn. Uh, yeah, because Storvald can target any creature when this happens, which is kind of cool. You can also, like, instant speed flicker change some combat up. No, that's a little too much. Okay. <laughs> Dismissing the Dream is a 6 in the blue enchantment that gives everyone the illusion text that when this becomes the target of a spell or ability sack it so that's a cool way for, for you to kill some stuff there too it's also it's very, seven mana. very clunky well i mean one seven drop deserves another right yeah <laughs> i'm sure that's how it goes and then prodigal sorcerer i like
like this a lot because this is taking the other side. Turn it into a 1-1, ping it for one, kill it. Ah, your Elish Nord is a 1-1. One, one. You're like, fine, at least that, prodigal, that one doesn't work. Prodigal Actually, Sorcerer no, yeah, is sorry. Dead. Yeah, prodigal, and Elish Nord also, I think, yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your Jingadaxis is a 1-1. One, one. I'm going to Prodigal go. Sorcerer it to death. Bing! Yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny. Uh, it's not the highest power level of deck, but I think that there's there was a lot more interesting things in it than i thought there would be yeah i think so too even after doing that low review there there's a lot of stuff you could do with it i think this is definitely a fun one to build around and maybe including some other decks but i like the fact that it makes things really really big seven seven that's a lot and ward three again keep in mind it is hard to target things with ward three on it it's going to waste a lot of your opponent's mana they'll have to second they'll have to second guess what they're doing Okay, next up is Catty Bree of mithril hall if any card ever wanted to have an alter to be the character from brave merida Yep, this is it, for sure. Red hair, bowman, perfect fit. <laughs> Green and a white for a 2-2 legendary creature human archer with first strike and reach. Whenever Catty Bree of Mithril Hall attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on it for each equipment attached to it. And you can pay one man to remove all plus one plus one counters from Catty Bree. It deals X damage to target attacking or blocking creature and opponent controls, where X is the number of counters removed this way. Okay. Well, obviously, you want a deck with a lot of equipment because equipment are going to buff your commander. Yep. Um, it's also so, got first strike and reach. So first strike with equipment, pretty hard to block. Very hard to block. Yeah. Uh, and that activated ability too. It's just like, oh, you block me while well, ping you. You know. Yeah. You got, you got, yeah. You yeah. Yeah. Um. So you can lean into those counters. You know, you can get more of them. Like Sword of Hours is a new one. Uh. Basically, it has you adding plus one plus one counters when it attacks, and you're going to be doing that. Mm -hmm. And then you get to roll dice. Yeah. And if you roll well enough, you'll double up those plus one plus one counters. Then you'll have so many you won't want to activate Metabree's uh, ability. Yeah, Sword of Hours, pretty fun stuff there. Uh, there's also Sword of Truth and Justice. Whenever it deals combat damage, you put a plus one plus one counter on a creature you control, and then you proliferate. Yeah, that's just Seems way more good. reliable, so I'm going to stick with Sword of Truth and Justice Yeah, right there, me too. Uh, Hardened sure. Scales is the go-to plus one plus one counter card. It adds that many plus one plus one plus one counters every single time a effect would add plus one plus one counters. Uh, you also have the Ring of Colonia, at the beginning of your upkeep, you put a plus one plus one counter on the equipped creature. If it's green, it only costs one to equip, and it gives it trample. It is green, and trample's really good with this Very, effect. very good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially because first strike, trample, combat just becomes a nightmare when Cadbury is swinging in with all those plus one plus one counters. And then, of course, you mentioned first strike, and she has an activated ability, so death touch is going to be really, really good. Mm -hmm. uh, Basilisk Caller gives death touch and lifelink, so that makes it a really powerful Voltron commander. Yep, so this Gorgon's head, and then Grafted Exoskeleton gives it Infect. <laughs> we mentioned Infect three times on this episode, I by know, the way. I know, but it's good. Here's the thing. It's a good piece of equipment. It, it, it is. It goes well in equipment-based decks. Also sure. great with First Strike because it deals damage in the form of minus one, minus one counters. First Strike comes in, blam, hits it. Even if it doesn't kill it, it's going to make it from a 7-7 seven, seven to a 2-2 two, two or whatever, and then you're definitely going to win uh, <laughs> combat after that. Yeah. But do you know what the actually the like people are most excited about with this card mm -hmm. is uh, the fact that she's an archer, and so they like oh. the archer decks, and so they're using other archers and so they're searching creature type archers and getting all the archers in there and all the different bows mm -hmm. and putting them in there and so there's a lot of flavor i think uh that's this in this deck yeah you can play nylea god of the hunt or god eternal oketra both of them have giant bow and arrows that they're firing they're going however from right to left and caddy is going from left to right oh so, no are they are they against each other i hope not or they're hitting someone in the middle and that middle is you the <laughs> opponent <laughs> those are not archers but they are definitely should be yeah and they're very know. powerful too and they're <laughs> so you can include that in there decks. actually i think i would put this in other plus one plus one matters decks because her ability you can use it at instant speed to target any combat 
that is not your own. Because oh, sneaky DJ combat. could be swinging at Josh over there, Ba-dow. and then I'd be like, hold on, Josh, make me a deal. I can add some counters to Caddy Bree, pay one, deal five damage to his attacking creature. You can block it with your 1-1 one, one and kill it. Right, there's a lot that you can do there. I think that's kind of interesting, and maybe this is just because it's only two mana. It could just be a really fun utility player in those plus one plus one counter decks that can just sort of get a lot of value in by doing stuff like that. I like that. All right, so that is the um, Bant deck uh, completed. Aura of courage. Aura of courage. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Rakdos. Rakdos is Planner Portal. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right. This is Prosper Tombbound. Two, a red and a black for a 1-4 Tiefling Warlock. It has Death Touch. At the beginning of your end step, exile the top card of your library. Until the end of your next turn, you may play that card. Hmm. Okay. Then it says, whenever you play a card from exile, create a treasure token. Okay. So right off the bat, this card freaking rocks. I mean, it's we talked about the very limited card draw and man advantage that we got from the, you know, the Bantu guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we have like actual real card draw with any card and real man advantage and all we have to do is just play those cards like it's very good yeah so i really like prosper quite a bit um the fact that you get a card every single end step and you have until the end of your next turn so you get to untap and play those cards later i love that so, so much more than the other impulse draws because that means you have access to the card on your turn on your turn on your turn so all yeah, those exactly. instants are into play because usually you know you have something reactive, a kill spell. Mm-hmm. You you know, you exile it and you're like, okay, I can play this until end of turn. You're like, well, I guess I dread bore your elf. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah, feel yeah. as good. Whereas this one, it feels like you have a little bit more access to play what you want. Yeah, and I love that you make treasures as well. And these cards can be from anywhere from exile. They don't necessarily need to be from Prosper's ability. There's a lot of these impulsive draw type effects in red already. So many. What's your favorite? Oh, jeez. I don't know. Prosper, tone bound. <laughs> it used to be uh, con- choosing cons on um, uh, Outpost Siege. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I-, I think Prosper is just, it just really takes the cake as a creature and as one you can play as your commander. What about what about Bergy and her horn? What about her horn? Oh, Bergy's pretty good. I like Bergy a lot. Because you can have Bergy on both sides, too. That's right, I mean? that's right, that's like, right. Because I think creating the mana or being able to do that. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the synergies here. Uh, when you have a bunch of treasures, well, when you're starting to sacrifice them to make stuff, is there a way you can kill people with it indeed there is have you ever considered 
Marionette Master, one of my favorite finishers. I love Marionette Master, and it is going to do some work in this deck. You're going to just generate a ton of treasures, mm -hmm. and then you're just going to keep playing your game plan, and then Marionette Master is going to kill people. Yes, equal to its power, uh, and you probably just want to stack you, those you servos even, up on it. Yeah, you don't even care about those servos, really. Mayhem Devil also pings people every time you sacrifice stuff. Treasures you sacrifice, yeah. Yeah. And Mayhem Devil, I realize that I sacrifice a lot of stuff too, you know? Right. Like I crack clues and my own treasures and my own fetch lands. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Mayhem Devil uh, triggers on that. Wait, it goes anywhere? No, my dorks. Like, <laughs> it just, it feels really powerful. Yeah, there's also Revel and Riches, which is just a win con for having a bunch of treasures. And that's definitely a thing that this deck can just sort of build up slowly. Yeah, if you don't want to crack your treasures to deal damage uh, gear per ether grade, you just tap them in yeah. order to ping whatever you want. Yeah, and then you have like Nadir's Nightblade, uh, which gives you the similar, it, it drains like aristocrats, right? Each opponent loses a life and you gain a life whenever a token you control leaves the battlefield. Um, and the Academy Manufacturer to make three of everything, Goldspan Dragon, Zorn to double up on your treasures as well. We'll get more mana. Uh, yeah. Zorn. Zorn, uh, Zorn yeah. Extra treasures. Like, That's I want extra good. treasures when I'm getting, like, a couple a turn. Because, by the way, you could very easily get one treasure a turn from your commander, but, like, you're going to pair it with other exile effects like we're talking about, so you're going to generate, like, two or three or four treasures every turn. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I really like Birgi as well when we're talking about impulsive draw and ways to sort of make use of it. It's whenever you cast a spell, you add red, and then until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as as steps and phases end. And on the back side of it, Harnfell Horn of Bounty. This card is, I think, one of the best red cards ever printed. Foreign red legendary artifact, discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. Oh my gosh, because just imagine this. Like, you... If you have Prosper out, you discard a card, you have two that you can play, you play one, you get a treasure, you play another one, you get a treasure, then you have the mana to be able to do it again. Like it's mm -hmm. it's crazy that the amount of like sort of storminess that you can get from these interactions. Yeah, a card like Ubermask is really interesting too that you put down here. Uh, I haven't seen this one in a while. <sighs> it's if a player would draw a card, they exile that card face up instead. So this affects every player at the table. You get to see everything that everyone draws from here on out. And then each player may play lands and cast spells from among cards they exile with Ubermask this turn. That's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. But it's cool because it makes all of your card draws cool. into things that trigger Prosper. You're not losing access to the cards necessarily, but you just sort of get them that turn, right? It's, it, it's not there forever. But at the very least, you know, Prosper, you want to just keep this engine going and just... And you know what? We've been focusing on impulsive card draw, but actually there's just like a ton of different ways that you can play things from Exile. So suspend. Oh, you know, yeah. The suspend mechanic, adventure mechanic, madness... Mm -hmm. Cascade, Rebound, Foretell. Oh, they're all exiled, uh, and then you cast them from exile. So yeah, that would trigger Prosper every single time. So you can look up all those keywords and get your favorite ones, but one of each. Uh, suspend, I think that Glimpse of Tomorrow is awesome because you're going to have a bunch of treasures on the battlefield. Oh, and they all turn into things afterwards. Exactly, cool. like really that. big relevant things. Bone Crusher Giant is a favorite of mine because I like the interaction that we have. That's the adventure one. Uh, Necrogoyf is the madness one that I have because honestly, do you care if you're discarding your hand? No. You have this much card draw in exile. No, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, for Cascade, you know, Bitumous Blast, being able to uh, deal yeah. some damage, some removal there. Uh, for Rebound, I choose chose Fevered Suspicion because you all we all need an eight drop, right? Yeah, and hey, look, you're gonna make a lot of treasure tokens. I saw the Prosper deck in action. It can get up to those very high mana totals uh, because it's just making so many treasures. Well, and also, for each opponent exiles the top card of their library until end of turn, um, you know, you may cast any number of those spells 
from among them without paying their mana cost. So okay. you are casting those spells from exile. So and you could get, generate a bunch. Yeah, you can get three more treasures that turn. Three spells, three more treasures next turn, three spells, three more treasures. Oof. Or foretell, uh, Dream Devourer lets you foretell whatever you want. Love so you don't need card. to have a foretell deck to even do that. Yeah, and then of course, you know, you, you can probably steal some cards from your opponents as well. Gaunty, Lord of Luxury. Oh, yeah. Exiles cards off the top of their library and you get to choose one and play it. Same goes for Douthy Voidwalker. Oh, oh that my card. Gosh. It's not off the top of your library, but they do exile the cards that your opponents are playing. <laughs> get them so, for oh, exile. So very good. So very good. Oh, my gosh. Um, and look, you know, there's other synergies that play from exile. We talked about the wild magic sorcerers that cascade when you play them from exile. That's mm -hmm. in the commander deck. Uh, Layla, the blade uh, reforged that get, grows bigger as you play things from exile or you cast things from exile. Um, you one know, of my new favorites is you find some prisoners. It's an instant from AFR. It's one in a red. You can choose to either destroy an artifact or exile the top three cards of your opponent's library. You choose one of them and you can cast that card uh, as though it were ma uh, play man pay mana as though it were man of any color and you can play that card until the end of your next turn. Oh my gosh. Like It's a tutor hoser. <laughs> I mean, we've mentioned so many cards. I think that there's a bunch of different ways to build this deck just because it's so deep. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, we yeah. mentioned all these different mechanics that work, but I think it's just going to be powerful. You mm -hmm. know, because your commander draws cards and creates mana. Of course, it's going to be great. Very much so. Okay, the next card in the Planar Portal Rakdos deck is Karazakar, the Eye Tyrant. Three, a black and a red, 5-5 five, five, Beholder. Whenever you attack a player, tap target creature that player controls and goad it. So until your next turn, that creature must attack each combat if able and attacks a player other than you if able. And then whenever an opponent attacks another one of your opponents, you and the attacking player each draw a card and lose a life. Interesting. So it's encouraging, right? You attack someone, you goad their creature, and then when that creature has to attack someone else, then you and the attacking creature draw a card and lose a life. I think the drawing the card and losing the life is the a real push for this commander because yeah. like Carter Doomscourge, you know, goads everything when it comes onto the battlefield. You know, Maurice, yeah, Breaker of the Coil, you know, that'll just goad the entire team over and over again. But this one has card draw. Yeah, and and it also makes your opponents feel a little bit less bad when they have to swing with that creature, and it might die if you go there like Oracle of Moldaya. It's a two-two swinging out, and they're like, no. What's also nice is that you probably get damage in Karazakar is a five-five, and you're tapping the creature down. Five power I found is pretty hard to block on most commander tables, uh, unless you know they're really heavily creature based. Um, you're always going to sort of find something to get in with with a five-five, especially um, when you're tapping one other of their creatures. Yeah, down the too. tap is definitely relevant, I think. And remember, this is a political attacking deck you know so i think that it's gonna have a high fun level yeah you know and work best around like lower metas because if no one has any creatures on the battlefield because they're all like behind their spells in their hands you know then the power level of this goes down but as soon as people start committing stuff to the board mm -hmm. then this thing can actually do a lot of damage because you're using your opponent's decks against each other yeah if you like zyrus as well or carter or any of those decks or marisi then carter is sort of the rakdos version of that yeah for sure um, so what do we do? Well, we can also pump up their attacks. We're already giving Ooh, them a card. This is cool. I like this. I didn't think about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're already giving them a card to be able to attack other people. So let's make it easier for them to attack other people or give them some bonuses. Uh, Frontier Warmonger is a four mana, four, four. Whenever one or more creatures attack one of your opponents or planeswalkers they control, those creatures gain menace until end of turn. Ooh, okay. So make those attacks a little bit easier. Uh, we also have like Frenzied Saddle Brute. It gives haste as long as, long as those creatures are attacking other people uh, you can even nice. give you know your creatures actual creatures to attack with like ride of the raging storm <laughs> here have a 5-1 trample you can't attack me with it though 
Yeah, the cool thing is that uh, Karazagard does let everyone draw cards when this starts happening, so everyone is going to be incentivized to attack each other, and that's one of the things about the Carter deck I found when I played it a bunch against it, is that it really does have an effect when no one can attack you, or they're not incentivized to. Uh, and that can really, like, it speeds games up a ton. You'd be surprised how many attacks don't go through because someone's just like, ah, I don't want to risk it, or you know what, that man damage is minimal. But if they're like, I can draw a card and maybe do some damage, okay, fine, I'll totally do that. Or if it's goaded, they have to, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I think that Carter's just going to be a really fun... Karazagar. Karazagar. They all Sorry. start with K. They do. Um, oh yeah, you can also play cards like Wound Reflection to drain people that extra life as well. Oh, I like yeah. that. I like that too. I have Crown of Doom. I like the idea of taxing their mana, especially when I'm giving them extra cards to draw, but also buffing their power. Oh. You know, because Crown okay. of Doom, you get to pay mana to pass it around and mm -hmm. it pumps creatures plus two plus oh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That I like that I quite a cool. bit. All right. Moving onwards is Lorcan, Warlock Collector. Lorcan, Warlock Collector is five black black. Another seven drop, Jimmy. Oh, no. Five black black for a six six legendary creature devil. It's got flying. And whenever a creature card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you may play pay life equal to its mana value. If mm. you do, put it onto the battlefield under your control. It's a warlock into addition to its other types. If a warlock you control would die, exile it instead. Okay, so this is mono black. It's very expensive to cast, but it is pretty powerful. A creature card from anywhere into an opponent's graveyard, you can pay life into it to its mana value, and then you get that creature. I mean, you only need a couple creatures for this to be really good. Like three yeah. creatures, I'd say. Then suddenly, like, oh, like this is actually getting amazing. Yeah, the life total you're going to be spending is going to add up. So I think you probably want to slot this into a, like a white-black life gain deck. It's going to be hard to, I think, build around this entirely. Or Kirik, for instance, loves to pay life. Mm -hmm. So I could see Lorcan doing some work in that kind of deck as well. But in general, right, you want to just kill things if this, out, if this is out on the battlefield. So yeah. cards like Font of Agonies is a great choice here. Whenever you pay life, you put that many blood counters on it, on this enchantment, and then you can pay one in the black to remove four blood counters and destroy target creature. Oh my gosh, like you're going to be paying life all over the place with Orkin. Yeah, you, you know. get the mana, you remove the counters, kill a creature, get the new creature, put more counters on, it just sort of fuels itself there. That's pretty cool. Uh, the Eldest Reborn is something that makes everyone sacrifice a creature or Planeswalker, and then they discard cards, and then you get to put a target creature or Planeswalker from the graveyard on the battlefield under your control. So all three of those are doing what Lorcan wants. Yeah. Um, and honestly, there's a ton of different ways to be able to get things in the graveyard. Black is great at killing things, so, you know, we don't need to share everything with you. But, you know, it's not just killing stuff. Uh, there is, I have, I have one sneaky, sneaky way to get something into the graveyard. How's that? Uh, withering boon. What? It's my, it's what my, is this card? Is this a pet card? <laughs> it's a pet card. That's it's a, a good card, not a pet card. It is good. Withering boon is one to black for an instant and is an additional cost to cast the spell, pay three life, counter target creature spell. Black counterspell for creatures black counterspell counter that get into the graveyard i'm gonna steal it back with Lorcan. okay uh this card by the way i think in mono black decks you could just play it you could just play it it's because it's good. so sneaky i like it yep um you can get things with discard you okay know? so cards like rankle master of pranks uh makes everyone discard cards also sacrifice a creature so it's got two of those modes that you like yep and then turgrid god of fright this card is very scary whenever an opponent sacks a non-token permanent or discards a permanent card you may put that card from the graveyard onto the battlefield under your control yeah so, so. It just kind of by the way it does put it in perspective that turgrid is just so much better than this you just <laughs> get it you just get it back but you can see also how um a lot of the effects that we've talked about are sacrifice effects so there is some right. overlap there but then also on the other side it can 
on the lantern, you know, you can force your opponents to discard cards or sacrifice creatures. Yep. Ill-gotten gains, two black black sorcery, exile it. Each player discards their hand and returns up to three cards from their graveyard to their hand. So you're going to see a lot of triggers there for Lorcan. Yeah. Also, it's just a weird card that I think more sh- people should play. Yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah. Well, maybe not that fun. People don't like discarding <laughs> cards. And then finally, you know, you can mill them and do damage. Sir Conrad the Grim, Altar of the Brood, Altar of Dementia, Dread Summons. Good just stuff. All, all ways to mill people out there. Uh, and then this is a replacement effect, right? Yes, so, it is. This is a replacement effect. Is whenever a creature card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you may pay life equal to its mana value. So you can actually replace that replacement effect. And you put an interesting card here that I think is pretty powerful. Yeah. It's Nightmare Shepherd. Yeah, Nightmare Shepherd. Uh, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may exile it. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a 1-1 one, one in a Nightmare in addition to its other types. Okay. So you get that creature back. Normally, if it's a Warlock, it would die. It would be exiled, but instead you're like, oh, no, no. I will oh, replace no. that with uh, this Nightmare Shepherd, so I kind of keep the creature that I stole from you. Yeah, I really like Turgrid as the commander for this deck, and you're playing Nightmare <laughs> Shepherd and Lorcan really like, Warlock Collector. You know, when you talked about Turgrid, I really enjoyed that. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you got you got tons of different ways to animate things from the graveyard. Reanimate does that already for you. Animate Dead, uh, Necromancy. There's just a bunch of different yeah. ways we to do it. We talked about like good decks have redundancy, and so that's a really good source of redundancy there. Yep. Okay. All right, so that does it for the Rakdos deck. Prosper, love that Ooh, card. Prosper. Very, very prosperous. Thank goodness we have cards like that now for Rakdos. Okay, let's move on to the final deck. This is Draconic Rage, also known as the Gruel deck. First card up to bat is Vrondis, Rage of Ancients. He probably sounds cooler than that, though. Three red and a green for a 5-4 legendary creature, Dragon Barbarian, with Enrage. Glad to see this mechanic is back. Whenever Vrondis is dealt damage, you may create a 5-4 red and green dragon spirit creature token with. When this creature deals damage, sacrifice it. Whenever you roll one or more dice, you may have Vrondis deal one damage to itself. So that is an Enrage trigger, because it's going to deal one damage. And then, blame, you get a 5-4 dragon spirit that when it deals damage, you sack it. Yeah. So, 5-4s are temporary. But five fours are big. Very big. Five fours are dragons, but they don't fly. Hmm. Important thing to note. Yeah, the dragon spirits a little tethered to this this yeah. mortal coil. I spirits suppose. Spirits fly too, though. I feel like if anything should fly, it is a dragon that is also a spirit. But anyway, maybe sorry. they should jump on sorry. spirit airlines to get that flying <laughs> in there. Okay, so uh, there are lots of ways to trigger Enrage. All of the dinosaurs were where this originally came from. Pinging effects, effects that deal one damage to all your creatures. But I think you know. It wants you to roll dice in this deck. It's a D&D set after all. So there are a lot of different ways to do that as well as ways to really take advantage of that. Yeah, I think you want to decide whether you're going to trigger and rage the traditional way like the dinosaur way or whether you're going to do rolling because if you're triggering with rolling, then you're basically only enraging your commander and yeah. like, you don't want extra dinosaurs. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Like you have some extra dinosaurs in there and you're like, I'm going to roll a die. Oh, wait, it doesn't. It only deals Vrondis yeah. to itself, yeah. So yeah. you're not building an Enrage deck. You're building a, a Vrondis, Vrondis deck, deck. Right. exactly. But if you move away from rolling a little bit and move towards traditional Enrage enablers, then this can supplement a bunch of other powerful Enragey dinosaurs. Yeah, so this might be a great thing to put in the deck of a dinosaur deck, or if you're playing it by itself, then maybe you want to consider Barbarian class, which is a new one of the enchantment classes from AFR. It's a red mana. It just says whenever you're going to roll dice, you roll 
uh, that main dice plus one and ignore the lowest roll. So you get to have more choices over the kinds of cards you're going to be rolling. And also, uh, Barbarian class does give haste after a while as well. Yeah. And it gives menace and stuff to the creatures, which is pretty good. Yeah. Chaos Dragon. This is the kind of deck that, by the way, re- you want to do damage. It's a gruel deck. You got mm-hmm. five powered attackers. And so Chaos Dragon comes down early. Uh, it's a four, four for three with haste. Crazy. But you don't have complete control over who you attack because you got to roll dice. But hey, you're rolling dice every single turn. So you're yeah. pressuring life total with it and you're rolling dice every turn dealing damage to this every turn making a 5-4 every turn yep there's also a brand new card called Delina which is really exciting this card is a 3-2 for 4 mana 3 in red when it attacks you choose a creature you control and roll a d20 and then with 1-14 to you get to make a copy of that creature except it's not legendary and it has exile this creature at the end of combat so you can make two of your commander even you can make two uh, Delinas okay so we have two of these now okay what about a, a big roll a Big crit. roll, 15 to 20. You create one of those tokens. They don't get exiled, and you get to roll again. I love that because you can create another copy of your commander, and then you can roll again, and then yeah. you'll get two triggers. Uh, then you get even more of those 5-4 spirits. Barbarian class, Vrondis, Delina, you're going to the races you're going to kill people. For sure. Of course, if you're interested in die rolling, you know, we just have a whole set with die rolling. You don't have to look very far. Just look <laughs> in there. this set. It's all there. Exactly. Yep, yep. You're going to uh, want to find ones that you can use every single turn as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we, of course, have traditional and rage enablers, uh, pingers. Goblin sharpshooter, pyrohemia, outpost siege. Uh, now, outpost siege, you're probably going to be doing the exile part of it, but still. Wait, pretty- what are you talking about? Outpost siege. You could totally do the other mode. You you're could. gonna have tons of you're you gonna have tons what? of non-token creatures dying. Fine, fine. Alpha you know, Siege is great because it says dragons and Vrondis is a dragon. And that's no, the point. No. Okay, so think about this. You got a bunch of five fours and they're gonna be they're gonna die. And you might even have sacrifice outlets or things like that. Okay. You know, so you tack in it dies, then it immediately replaces itself because you can take that ping and put it on okay. your commander. You sold me. This so is it's the like first you keep time, the force. This is the first time for me that I've seen Alpha Siege want to come in on dragons. And it makes sense. It's very thematic with this deck because of Rondis. He, so. he went back to the thematic part. I think it could be good. No, it is good. It is good. Straight <laughs> up. Because it's not even non-token creatures. Any creatures you die. Yeah, and so. just leave the battlefield. So, so every time your 5-4 like... swings and deals damage, it dies. But guess what? Vrondis just pumps out another one immediately. Yeah. Um, Lady and I, uh, who did the upgrade guide for this, talked about Court of Ire. Mm-hmm. It's uh, three red red for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Card draw, thumbs up. Bingo. Um, if you're not the monarch, then you get to deal two damage wherever you want. You can send it at your commander, create a dragon every single turn. If you are the monarch, then that's great. You get to keep the monarch, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. But also, you get to deal seven damage. And in a deck yeah, that nice. cares about damage, you know that's going to be really great. Yep, we already talked about the dino payoffs. There's a bunch of them. Ranging Raptors. We're not going to talk about them here because there's just too much text. Ripjaw Raptor, Polyraptor, Silverclad Ferocidons. Just look up dinos that have Enrage on them. You're going to find some fun ones for this These deck. are the best ones. Draw a card, uh, get a land, uh, make, make a, a copy. copy, sacrifice a permanent. Yeah, very, very powerful. Uh, and then there's non-dino payoffs. Cards like Brash Taunter is one that I really like. Uh, and when it deals damage, you can sort of direct it to an opponent instead. So that's a great way for, you know, if you have the pingers and all that stuff to get that in exactly uh how about this tech druids call uh one in a green whenever enchanted creatures dealt damage its controller puts that many one one green squirrel creature tokens into play Ooh, Ooh this- and, his, <laughs> and his squirrels he creates five four dragons he's like and a squirrel and a squirrel <laughs> you paint <laughs> you have your sharpshooter 
pinging your own Vrondis, and then he's creating these dragons and a squirrel. Where it's are like they even coming out? Ridiculous. Is it like gremlins where if you get them wet, they just start like creating more and more? Like where does Vrondis create these spirits from? Oh my gosh. Uh, Fiend Lash is a really fun equipment. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two plus oh and has reach whenever equipped creature is dealt damage. It deals uh, damage equal to its power to target player or planeswalker. So this becomes seven power. You ping it and now you create a five four and you deal seven damage to something. Wow, that's cool. I like that a lot. Uh, and of course, there is Fight Matters cards. Nyeth of the Dire Hunt is a Gruul Commander. It allows you to, uh, you know, whenever one more of a creatures you control fight or become blocked, you draw cards. So your five fours are maybe going to even draw you cards. And you can also double a creature's t- target power and toughness, and they have to be blocked this combative able. There's lots of cards, like Hunt the Weak and all that sort of stuff in green that allow your creatures to fight other ones, and that's another way to trigger Enrage. Very cool. Um, of course, now we got all these, we do have these disposable five fours entering the battlefield, mm-hmm. you know, so we want to make sure that we're getting good use out of them because they're, they're, they're one use dragons, you know right, what I mean? Right. Uh, and so one of the ways is dragon horde. Uh, it's a three man artifact. Whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, put a gold counter on dragon horde. You can tap it to remove a dr- gold counter from dragon horde to draw a card. So that means that every single dragon that this your commander creates is card draw. Yeah. Awesome. Card draw, yeah. And then you can add one mana of any color. So this is card draw and ramp. Ramp. Very good. Uh, it's also three mana ramp specifically, which is perfect for a five mana commander. Nice. Uh, there's Garrick's Uprising. Anytime a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you draw a card. Woo. Creatures you control have trample. Because uh, these don't have trample, so that would make them a little bit more powerful. Yeah, very good. And this also draws you a card uh, immediately if you have Rondis or one of your creatures out. All right. So this is, I mean, that seems great. Yeah, same with elemental bond this is just a three man enchantment whenever a creature with power three or greater enters the battlefield under your control you draw a card so there's lots of ways for this deck to keep refilling its hand um, because you're going to be on the aggressive and you need that card advantage to really make sure you can push through to the end game yeah you know pushing through could be one of the areas where this can be tough because you know your creatures have to sacrifice as soon as they swing in you know right. they swing in they chump and then they both die you know what I mean? Yeah. So you want to get around it. Cards like Terror of the Peaks could be really good. I love this Three card. Red for a 5-4. It's got flying and all that other good stuff. But whenever <laughs> another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Terror of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. Any target. Five damage for each creature that comes in from Rondis. Yeah. One thing that's wow. actually really good about this is that the Terror of the Peaks deals the damage. Because yeah. if the token that entered the battlefield deals the damage, oh. then it would die. You know? So there are some cards out there that say like, hey, like the, any creature that enters the battlefield it deals one damage or it deals two damage. Mm-hmm. No, because then your your dragons will just deal a little bit of damage and immediately die. Yeah. Terror the Peak said, no, I deal that damage. Same thing with Scourge of Valkus. Scourge of Valkus, the one dealing that dragon uh, damage equal to the number of dragons you have on the battlefield. Oh, and you're going to have a lot with all those cards. Could be out. a lot. Same with Perforos. Every time you're making a token, you're killing people. So yeah, Vrondis, I think, has a lot of fun ways to build it. I, I look forward to seeing some Vrondis decks out in the wild. Maybe even I'm interested in building one. But Ooh. I think I'm going to make Sephiroth first, though. I think I'm still on that train. Nice. All right, next up, we have Klaus, Unrivaled Ancient. Well, we'll see about Unrivaled, buddy. <laughs> Five are red and a green for a 4-4 legendary creature dragon with flying and haste. Whenever Klaus attacks, add X mana in any combination of colors where X is the total power of attacking creatures. Spend this mana only to cast spells. Until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. Woo, that's a lot of mana you can make. It's a lot of mana. It's a ton of mana. By itself, it's a 4-4. It is a 7 drop, but it's a 4-4. And if you just attack with this, you get 4 mana. So technically, this is like a 3 mana card the turn you play it. Yeah, I don't want to just get that much mana. I want to get like a ton of mana off of this. Um... So first off, 
it stinks that we can't use the mana however we want because there's a lot of activated abilities that I would like to use this mana on. Probably that's why they're like, can't bust it too hard. Right? I know, right? Um, but I think that we basically want to include other creatures that have this similar effect. So like old Gnawbone, for example, is, you know, <laughs> it, it creates treasures when it deals that damage. I mean, we keep going. We got Grand Warlord Rada creates some... Add that know, mana, some mana in a similar like way, that. yep. Naheb the Eternal. Oh, you know, makes adding a some, ton of mana. Makes a ton of Savage Vent Maw. Yep, similar know. to Rada, yep. Yeah, Gore, uh, Gore Claw makes a Terror of Calcisma, makes it easier to cast these big creatures, yep. gives mana reduction, gives trample. Sword of Feast and Famine untaps your stuff. Let's you, you know. use the mana in a bigger way. Leyline Tyrant just allows you to keep going back to that old combat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it lets you save that save that red mana up and stuff like that. So we have all of these ways to sort of generate this extra mana. How are we going to use that mana? Well, like I said, going back to extra combat, I really meant aggravated assault, which is a repeatable way to keep going into. Uh, well, look. So just make even more mana by keep having more combat phases. Here's the thing: you're like, oh, but you can't use it to to you know aggravate the assault. You you have to use it to cast spells so you're not always going to be working like really perfectly with a lot of cards because aggravated assault is an enchantment and you can cast it and the whole point of this enchantment is they can pay five man on the activated ability part to keep going back to combat but if you're running like a savage vent maw or whatever it is Klauth and savage vent maw and grand lord braha all these cards pair up really well so at least you get to be able to get that extra mana cast a spell and then hopefully you have something else out there to enable that extra yeah, use mana same thing with hellkai charger you can't use your commander to activate those extra combats but you know what you should have plenty of mana and other ways to be able to do it uh that level of redundancy is just good in your deck anyways yeah so i think that, that's combos. that's how this deck wins it's just it gets a couple of creatures out that does similar things to cloth and you use the extra mana to play those big crazy things and use that mana and extra combats or whatever to just keep that loop going well of course we well, could use the mana for things besides extra combats i mean i could just like kill people with the amount of mana that i'm talking about <laughs> i hope you would uh crackle with power xxx red red for sorcery crackle with power deals five times x damage to each of up to x targets so you basically want to pump like 15 mana into this and then each of those is going to do five right like or oh my 14 gosh. whatever it is you can just kill a bunch of things just murder people just kill people kill you kill you kill you oops i don't have quite enough for you so i'll kill two more of your creatures yeah i also think you can double oh. target someone with this right you can target someone twice when it says x targets i'm pretty sure you can hmm if not, I'm totally wrong, and you should never listen to me again. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you can. So, nice. yeah. Big X spells. Pest Infestation. Another awesome, awesome card that oh, we yeah. really, like, uh, really like from Strixhaven. Destroy all the artifacts and enchantments. By the way, you don't need to have an artifact or an enchantment to be able to get the pest. Yeah. You can destroy up to that many. So you're just like, okay, I'm going to wipe all the artifacts and enchantments, create a bajillion pests. Yep. And then suddenly you have a different way of attacking and get even more mana next turn. And you have Walking Ballista, those types of X spells you want to pump mana into. Those can sometimes also just be ways to end the game because you have a ton of mana you make it a big creature and then you just remove all the counters to kill things pretty nice there i mean you could just cast more things like you think about the biggest creatures like you just cast an eldrazi <laughs> you could you're right yeah you're gonna save a bunch of mana especially if you're playing like a xenagos in this deck it's gonna double the power oh xenagos is great in this deck yeah or you make a xenagos deck and you put clouth and similar cards in it because this is just one of those ways to have those massively explosive turns that's gonna be really hard for people to come back from yeah for sure so yeah pick your eldrazi do whatever you want you're gonna have a a lot of mana with Clouth. If you're playing Clouth as your commander, it's a seven drop, so you're gonna have to build a lot of ramp into this deck as well. Uh, Green a, just has ways to win with a ton of mana. Yes, correct. You know what I mean? And they have they have some combo-y stuff too. Like you can pick your combo, but like you can play a Genesis wave and be for enough and be like, oh, I'm just gonna get my combo. 
Mm-hmm. It's the battlefield. Tooth and nail as well. You can have that nine man to entwine it. Shared summons to, to get two creatures out of your deck. There's lots of different ways to get those sort of two card, like, let's win the game combos out. Yeah. And then cast it with Klauff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so overall, big mana deck, but a big expensive commander. So it could be hard to get the the balls rolling, you know, get everything going. But yeah. as soon as you get swinging with stuff, I think you're going to do big, big plays, which is fun for commander. Yeah, I think that is actually a lot of fun, especially because Klauff does have haste. So at the very least, when you play the seven drop, maybe by turn four or five, right? You can swing that same turn, get some of that mana back, and it's not going to feel as bad. Boy, something else too. Now, if someone kills your Klauff, then you are not feeling good because then that costs nine mana cast. And, All uh, <laughs> right. The last rule card we have is Wolfgar of Icewind Dale. Wolfgar. It's a three red green for a four, four legendary human barbarian. It's got melee. And if a creature you control attacking, if a creature you control attacking would cause a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger that ability triggers an additional time. Ooh. The wording on that is awkward, but it is attack harmonicon. Mm, okay. And by the way, like it includes itself. So if you attack a bunch of creatures with the melee ability, this thing can get really, really big. Right. It does have melee, so it's going to double up on that as well. This is kind of cool. Attack harmonicon. Did you do a deck tech on this as well? Oh my gosh, I did, Jimmy. <gasps> no way. Where could we find that? You DJ? can find that over on the Jumbo Commander YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is great. Um, I, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, you just literally look up attack triggers and you're like, oh, that's an attack trigger. Oh, that's, oh, that's an, attack an attack trigger. trigger. Oh, that's an attack trigger. Well, especially because in red for a while, that was the only way they're giving value to the cards was you had to go to combat and <clears> we you know we bemoaned it for a bit, but Wolfgar seems like a great way to capitalize on that. Um, you know, we sort of underscored how powerful a harmonic prodigy was in our Modern Horizons set review. Sorry, everyone. Uh, so Wolfgar does a very similar thing. You're dub- Anytime you can double up on something, typically it's going to be strong that's all we have to say about it so if you've got great attack triggers let's talk about some of them yeah so i think that getting extra mana could be good so uh druid's repository one green green for an enchantment whenever a creature you control attacks put a charge counter on it you can trade in charge counters for mana yeah you can make a lot of things by doing that but you know well, we, we also talked about a lot of other things like cloth vein the dragon we have yep. savage vent maw like all of those grand warlord rata they all have attack triggers that generate all of that mana so yeah. that's pretty cool so what about nuts cards like the most powerful green creature ever printed not really but kind of elder gargaroth elder gargaroth just does everything you get two of those triggers now on wow. attack draw two on attack make a beast and a, yeah there's so many different things i love that that's amazing yeah um, a Tali Primal Storm. Oh my god. It already has a big attack trigger getting four of all those cards and then you yeah, do it twice. Doubling that up seems kind of like a game winner. <sighs> More extra cards. Uh, Layla of the Blade Reforged is an attack trigger of exiling the top card of your library, growing it bigger so you get access to more cards. Mm-hmm. It gets bigger faster. Uh, by the way, uh, good old, uh, good old, uh, good old Annihilator. That's an attack trigger, oh isn't it? Oh my gosh, you're right. Annihilator is an attack trigger. Gross. Uh, one of the one of the cheaper ones is uh, Bane of Balaged. It's only seven mana compared <laughs> to like, you know, 11 or whatever. Uh, it's a seven five. And whenever Bane of Balaged attacks, defending players exiles two permanents he or she controls. Yep. So... It definitely seems like a kind of deck. Four. I mean, look at this. This is seven mana uh, attack and it's like Annihilator four. It's like one of the top tier Eldrazi. Yeah. And it's not sacrifice, it's exile. So Band and Balaget seems yeah. pretty fun here. Um, there's a lot of equipment that have attack triggers. Sword of the Animist, you're going to fetch two lands. Uh, Mage Slayer, you're going to du- you're gonna basically deal its damp power to 
Bam, a creature bam. twice? That's just gonna kill people. Blade of selves make a ton of things. Oh my ah! gosh, just, just like myriad twice, just things go everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then let's say you want to really double things up and go crazy. Then you have Delina Wild Mage with an attack trigger. You can make a copy of a Wolfgar or something, and then boom, you get two X Wolfgar attack triggers. Uh well, actually, I think Delina has to swing. Delina might not work as well. You might want to use yeah. it on another creature, not not Wolfgar. Helm of the Host as well, very very powerful. To make just extra make copies. extra. That's how you make extra Wolfgars. There we go. There we go. There we go. Yeah, or Lithoform Engine. You copy up the trigger. You yeah. Know. Oh, there's a you know there's a trigger. But it's good to have other things. So you know you that's have an Atali on the battlefield. You know what I mean? And you're like, okay, my Atali is good, but my Wolfgar is now like eight mana to cast. Oh, I have a Lithoform Engine to copy up that trigger. Seven or nine. If Wolfgar cast eight, then oh, sorry, sorry. you have some yeah. sort of mana reduction. Um, I got I got some mana reduction. <laughs> you better, you better. Uh, Scourge of the Throne is one of my favorite uh, attack triggers. It's uh, It gives you the ability to have another attack, and doubling that up seems pretty darn good. Yeah, I feel like when we were talking about attack triggers, we just talked about a big old seven-drop dragon, and we talked about a five-drop that doubles it up. It's mm-hmm. like... Oof, I want to double up these attack triggers and keep attacking over and over again. Extra combats yeah. seem amazing. You're going to have to ramp quite a bit in this deck. And I think as with all of the red green decks, adding a way to give haste to everything is just a no brainer. Yeah. So your the, anger is your whatever is. You want haste and protection because by its nature, you have creatures on the battlefield turning sideways. And so your opponents have easy interaction with that. A wrath of God. And suddenly you're like, oh, my Wolfgar costs seven and I don't have any creatures that work with it. Bye bye. Yeah. And suddenly your deck feels really cool clunky so the mana ramp the protection uh, is what you really need to make this deck actually function yep put a bunch in because you have green you're very lucky okay that does it for our commander review dj what was your favorite commander from this year's commander product well i guess this year's second commander product so wolfgar definitely had me feeling good but i think i'm gonna go with min because i i know about creatures that attack like that's that's a known quantity but min having all these sneaky ways to like draw cards love drawing cards and then also creating these illusions and going wide and then still being and still being a little bit of a tribal deck so Mm -hmm. it's like Draw cards, tribal, go wide tokens. It's like really kind of unique. And yeah, I like especially that Especially for Mono Blue, it's not like pure control or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a big fan of that. I'm, I'm going to go with that one. I really like Vrondis, Rage of Ancients, or Sephiroth of the Hidden Ways. I, I, I like the dungeon mechanic quite a bit, but Vrondis just seems like so much fun. I've been I've been trying to build in Rage decks ever since I saw it for the first time with Dinosaurs. And Vrondis might help because it actually makes my choices a little bit less by just putting me in two colors and, and really focusing and honing in on the Rage strategy. So I, I think I might build one of those next. Definitely, definitely. I like I like this set in general. I feel like they're the power level on some of them is great. We'll talk about the most powerful commanders we think yeah. uh, in a second. But in general, I think the power level can be a little bit lower, which means that we can explore other types of strategies. You know what I mean? Like have more fun. Yeah, like in Rage, like we get to explore in Rage. We get to explore dungeons. Yep. You know, I get to do some weird thing with illusions. I like. It. <laughs> Okay, cool. What do you think is the most powerful commander in this whole set? We actually had the same answer. Spoiler alert. We may as well just say it. It's Prosper. It's Prosper. Yeah. Prosper Tombbound. Uh, I don't think it's even close, actually. Yeah, I was looking at the rest of them. I think you are right. Now, yeah. there's maybe an argument because like maybe Clouth Unrivaled Ancient has a way to go infinite the moment it hits the battlefield and attacks. But Prosper overall just has all the things we're looking for on the, on the card. Uh, it has card draw 
and it also has Mana Ram. And it's in Rakdos, so it means it's extra powerful because Rakdos typically does not have access to this amount of value uh, on the Commander card. This really is so much value. I mean, when, when seeing it played and playing against it, playing with it a little bit, it's just like the treasure generation that you get is insane. Mm-hmm. And I think the treasures are just so good. They play really, really well. They let you uh, build up treasure and then have more explosive turns later on in the game. And that's how you win games of commander is by having turns where you do a lot more. It's not just like one big play. It's like, Oh, I answer this. I do this and I do this. And then suddenly you're in this like big position. Yeah. Treasure lets you have the mana to get there. And the exile effects, the card draw lets you get there too. So I'm, it's I think good. it's great. The card is just good. If you watch the Game Nights episode where Prosper gets played, you will very much see just how much value that thing can generate. All right, to the listeners, let us know which commander card excites you the most, whether or not you're going to be building any new decks or you have some sweet synergies that we missed. Also, make sure you check out DJ's uh, Jumbo Commander channel so you can see the deck techs as well on cards like Min, Wily, Illusionist. I keep wanting to say Willy Illusionist because there's two N's and then Illusionist has two L's. But that just doesn't work. We'll just go for it. It's Willie. It's fine. Willie, Min <laughs> Illusionist. <laughs> uh, and always, of course, make sure you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's our affiliate link. You enter that into your URL. Blammo, you're on the website and you can peruse it to your heart's content. Order whatever you want, especially if you're looking to build one of these decks or maybe you just want the pre-cons to play against your friends. Lots of For fun stuff sure. there. And while you're there, go ahead and check out Ultra Pro. They're another sponsor. And look, if you are going to go play cards at your local game store. If you want to be able to show off your deck, you're going to want to show off this amazing art from Forgotten Adventures in Forgotten Realms. Oh yeah. Like you're going to want a gelatinous cube, but play mat. You're going to this want is such a cool play. Like, isn't it so cool? It's, and everyone, right. the moment I saw that art, I was like gelatinous cube. Awesome. Like, so you're going to want your stuff to look good and be protected. So go ahead and check out ultra pro. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. No end step today, but there is a cleanup step where we get to help uh, thank the people that help us here at the command zone office. So big thanks to lady danger, Manson lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Alfred, the soccer, Josh Murphy, Jake boss, Patrick, Nan, Jordan, Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, Sam Waldo, and Gaurav Galati. And of course, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who helps make the living card animations that live behind us here on set. You can find him at Living Cards MTG. All right, everyone. Oof. Thank you so much for joining us. There's been a lot of adventures in Forgotten Realms, but you know, we're ready to finish this up and move on to other stuff. I'm super yeah, excited. Me too. The adventure was well worth it. And we leveled up, right? We oh, we totally did. Stats. I we went deeper into the dungeon for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. We'll hope to see you all very, very soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.